Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two jamokes who putter about on the Bears, so you don't have to. Uh, today is, um, this is a different Ryan Scat. And it's just to remember, fans, that we've got an all-new guy, and so we got to remember that he was left with kind of a big pile of scat to deal with himself from the previous regime, and this is an entirely new guy, and we got to give him a little little time to get going. Yeah, I think since we last recorded, the Bears haven't done much. I, I think some Bears fans are a little bit frustrated that they haven't made more moves in free agency or made any significant trades, at least to bring players to the Bears. Obviously, Big splash they, moves. They traded away Khalil Mack, but they haven't brought in <laughs> any significant players via trade. And I think we've covered that. And just the idea is that, like you said, Ryan Pace left the cover cupboard very bare. And there's a lot to accomplish, and the Bears don't have a ton of resources. They don't have a ton of draft picks. They don't have a ton of salary cap room going into next year, but they have done some things, and I think we're through the first couple of waves of free agency, and you know now we're going to start focusing a little bit more on the draft, and we're going to start focusing more on maybe some lower-level free agent signings or as teams start to... Uh, cut players off their roster, maybe you add some bigger names in the second wave, but I think we kind of wanted to just go through the roster a little bit and just assess where things stand and where we see some of the bigger holes as we have kind of at least gotten through the first part of the offseason. Right. Um, One of the things that is definitely frustrating for us all is that we do We've seen some of these big names come out in free agency right here at the beginning. Um, and, you know, they're they're going to other teams and they're guys that maybe we thought that we'd have a shot at bringing in. Uh, definitely at the top of that list is the wide receiver position because we didn't, uh, polls didn't go for one of the big name guys, right? He, he decided uh, to, to take a different path. He instead signed an, an up-and-comer, who he was very familiar with, though. Give him credit for that. And then he signed a guy that, yeah, hasn't done anything in the NFL, but our offensive coordinator knows very well. I think that that is a big benefit for both of those players, that these aren't blind signings. They know exactly who these players are. So I, I think that you you gotta you got to look at that a little bit more on a positive note, simply because they're just not signing some dude off the practice squad. And Pace, or Pace, Poles addressed this recently. <laughs> uh, I think yesterday he met the media. Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll take some time. <laughs> but uh, Ryan Poles met the media, I think it was yesterday, so Monday, um, and he was asked that question, and he said something to the effect of, we have to focus on building out a roster. We can't be over allocating resources right. to one guy based on the current state of the Bears right now. And I, I think a rebuttal to that could be that without spending a lot of money on one of those premier wide receivers, then you're not putting your first round quarterback in the best position to succeed. But obviously he disagrees with that and he would rather prioritize trying to fill more of the holes on this roster versus 
trading for Amari Cooper and having to pay him $20 million and then having to piece together more of your roster via just low-cost undrafted free agents. So obviously it's a difference of opinion. Obviously his opinion matters a heck of a lot more than mine does, but <laughs> that's the strategy. Well, it's, and, it's so, the- and so, okay, you know, there's, and there's both sides. Both sides are right. Both sides are wrong. Okay, so we 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 got to fans. We we have to remember that that this isn't uh, this is more art than it is science. I am a big numbers fan. I love to read the numbers about the players, and to me, that has a direct reflection on how they're going to perform in the future. But that is also not always the case. Now, I I agree with Jim. I actually wanted them to to spend on Cooper, and he uh, went for a. Fifth round and a sixth round, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I think the sixth was next year. Yeah, so it wasn't much. It wasn't much. But he's got uh, a big contract. But he does have a big contract. And what it seems to be is that Poles is more focused on bringing in your mid-guys uh, on one-year deals, on make-it deals, and, and, and trying to recoup uh, this disastrous space we've been occupying for at least the last two seasons in the cap. Um, and I think he's actually done a really good job, the best job that I could see him doing, considering what he had to work with. Uh, we got to remember, Pace left a mess, and Poles is tasked with, and up to the challenge it seems to me, with with reworking that. And so, you know, looking at the wide receiver position, I, you know, obviously uh, that's one of our, the top spots. We at least brought in two guys. Um, they both have promise. One of them had a good season last year, a solid season. And that was, that was playing on a team where he was certainly going to be third because he's got two guys who are arguably hall of famers in front of him. So, I mean, there's no shame in that. And the guy is young, um, he, he was given more of an opportunity last year. I think he made the most of it. Yeah. I like Byron Pringle. I, I think Ruffles. that's a solid role player that should be a good depth signing. As long as you don't ask him to do too much. That's a wavy chip. I, I think that <laughs> if you're counting on him to be your second best wide receiver, that probably doesn't, uh, that, that doesn't foreshadow good things for the offense. I think he's best served being in that third or fourth spot on the depth chart. Um, Obviously, he's already behind Darnell Mooney. And I I think the Bears will draft at least one receiver, probably in the second round. Agreed. Um, And and so that's not a great wide receiving core, I don't think. Um, I think Darnell Mooney... I'd take it over last year. Well, yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I, I, I think if you lined that up... With the other teams around the NFL, you're probably I'd still. I take you on the, the current roster head. over those guys. Yeah, but I mean, so it's definitely a, a receiving core that would have a lot of upside. Darnell Mooney, you'd hope, is still trending upwards. Uh, anybody they draft in the second round, you'd hope, could step in and be productive right away. Pringle, I think that's a nice signing. You know, St. Brown, I don't know if. 
that's anything to get too excited about because he hasn't put up great numbers in the NFL. But like you said, he, has he the, hasn't really put up any numbers yeah, he, in the he NFL. Has, he has the familiarity with the offensive coordinator, so they must see something there. And, you know, they might not be done either. There's still some free agents out there to be had. There's guys that are going to get cut from teams. Maybe they draft two receivers in the second round. We're going to see. I, I think that they're still going to prioritize that position. I think it certainly makes sense to do so when you have the young quarterback. Uh, but I also heard Paul say that if they don't have a guy that they like in the second round, then they're not going to go receiver there. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely. You, you, you can't compound mistakes, and I think that's something we saw a lot of with Ryan Pace. It you was, know, though, he, uh, he also made an interesting comment. While Ryan Pace was always this hard-nosed, we're taking the best player available, period, Polls went farther than that and said, uh, by the way, uh, I think all of us have known as, known, noticed the freedom of information that Polls brings uh, to the public versus Pace. Yeah. Uh, but he, he commented, you know, yes, best player available is also the way that I, I go to, I go to, with my draft scheme. But if I have, you know, say two or three guys that are similar in, in, in marker on the board... I'm going to go to the to the spot that I really have a, a need at. Of course. Which is smart. And while we all feel, as as armchair quarterbacks, that oh, that's the obvious thing. Uh, I think Bears fans, all you have to do is look at uh, the history of the, the draft for the Bears, and you realize that, yeah, that hasn't happened a lot. Yeah, it's like, and best player available, like, when you're talking about... Uh, high NFL draft pick. They're all good. Right. Right? Like, so, obviously, each team's going to have That's players. why they're first round. Yeah, each player's, each team's going to have players that they like more than others. Each player, or each team is going to have a specific scheme that certain players fit in better than others. But they're all really good players, right? right? It's, it's not like you get there and you're like, okay, it's not like Madden, right? Where you see, like, this guy's got a 94 rating and this guy's <laughs> got an 88, so obviously we're going to go with the 94. Like, that's just not how it works. <laughs> there, there's a ton of good players available and then it's all about your evaluation your needs and the fit that you see so when he says that i think that's partially just kind of covering himself in case they end up not picking wide receiver at number two but like like you said with ryan pace i think a lot of times what we saw was making one mistake and then following it up with another, right? It yes. was, hey, we drafted Adam Shaheen, he can't play, so we're going to sign Trey Burton, and then he can't play, and then we're going to sign Jimmy Graham. And eventually, when you keep doing things like that, that's how you get fired, and he did. Yeah. Um, so what I've heard so far from polls is that I think he has a plan. I think he seems fairly methodical and that he's not going to do something for the sake of doing it if he thinks that it's not a good fit. I think we saw that a little bit with Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, he could have still signed him. We don't know how bad the medicals were, but he wasn't forced to break off that contract, but he chose to. And I think that's all reassuring. And, you know, with that inherently is the fact that he's in his first year, so he has a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that he yep. hasn't exhausted yet. It's not like Ryan Pace where towards the end of his contract, he basically had to go from year to year and try to save his job. But with Ryan Pohl so far, I think everything that he's said makes a lot of sense. I think that he's willing to 
explain his decisions in a way that Ryan Pace wasn't, which shows confidence. And so, so far, nothing to be discouraged about. One thing I wanted to uh, go back to that you were that you uh, touched on was we we can't forget that we're not even remotely close to the end of this thing, no. right? Um, there are other receivers that I was just looking at the list today. There's some decent guys on there that we could bring in, and by them not getting signed by uh, right away, that brings their value down yeah. and the dollar amount they're going to demand. Sammy Watkins is still there. Will Fuller is still there. Um, there's, I mean, there's a there's a few guys that are not ancient. <laughs> I've always liked Will Fuller. He just can't stay healthy. He just can't stay healthy, right? Um, but, uh, but he's also, I think he's 26, you know, I mean, so just because he hasn't had a, you know, good injury history up to this point, doesn't mean that he can't turn that around. Um, but, uh, he's, I don't, you know, he's not suffering from bad, trying to make up from bad play. No. He's trying to just stay healthy and stay on the field. But I mean, regardless, there's, there's guys that are, that are not in that mid thirties range that are. Uh, still very viable that we could look at. And now that they got missed on that first rush, uh, they're going to have to look more. Their their agents are going to be more like, hey, man, we got to get you signed somewhere. I mean, you you, you know, you don't want to wait all the way until the season. Yeah, And there's going to be more guys that get released, too. Sure. Every year, guys go to training camp and end up getting cut because maybe they've lost a step or maybe they're contract is coming due and the team just doesn't see them in their long-term plans so obviously when a guy gets cut he's getting cut for a reason and that probably means that he's not at the top of his game anymore or he's making too much money compared to what he's worth so there's risk in signing those guys but when you have to fill out a roster and you're trying to develop a quarterback I think it makes as much it makes a lot of sense to get as many as many quality receivers in here as you can, even if you don't necessarily think that they're going to be part of the bears for the next five or six years. Like you don't want the majority of the guys in that category, but the guys like you're talking about, like Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, maybe guys that Jarvis Landry, you know, are coming off a couple of down years or injured years and maybe need a one year deal. So they can try to get one more big paycheck in the NFL. I think it would make all the sense in the world to bring in a guy like that. Maybe at a, team-friendly number so we're gonna see it's gonna be fun to watch it all play out um but like you said the off season's far from over so right. it's so, certainly not anything to be angry about that the bears haven't let's let's haven't move on to the to the to the next position um i think the next position is cornerback um i mean essentially we have one guy uh we have jalen johnson uh this position hasn't um seen uh, really any movement yet uh, there are some, uh, there is some, a little bit of promise from last year, uh, but uh, it, it's considering the secondary was the worst, uh, the worst part of last year. Um, there definitely is going to have to be uh, a big jump there, and uh, they were talking about uh, this. Eberflus commented that eighty-five uh, percent of the time they're going to be and dying and so uh they they're gonna have to have a really good slot guy and right now that's not somebody we have on the team um uh we we've got to look at 
not just a, another starter to play opposite Johnson, but definitely that that third guy always turns out to be key. Now he that guy may be on the team, right? I mean, there last year some of the young guys did show some promise. The one, of course, that probably jumps to most people's mind is Thomas Graham, right? Yeah. Um, putting Graham in a, a third spot when he has the body to play on the corner could be a breakthrough, right? Maybe, and this is a position that I know Iberflus has been successful in developing in the past. So, like you said, if they're going to be in, in nickel or dime... 85% of the time, that means you're effectively starting three cornerbacks, right? So you've got one with Johnson. You've got, uh, like you said, Graham, who you know showed some flashes in a couple of games. Um, so we're going to see how they feel about him. But, you know, think about what Iberflus did in Indianapolis. Last year, one of his starting cornerbacks all year was Xavier Rhodes. And there's who, actually a little bit of buzz that he could end up with Chicago. And that wouldn't be terrible. I mean, if you saw Xavier Rhodes his last year with the Vikings you would have thought he was just toast on a stick he was just getting burned every game and committing terrible penalties and he looked done and then he went to Indianapolis and somehow Eberflus got his career back on track this coaching staff got Xavier Rhodes to that point yep so so and 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 fans remember that we um the way I see it is we really got a good benefit there because he essentially took all of the guys from Indy and brought them all with him. Yeah, exactly. So it's a coaching staff that Rhodes would be comfortable with. I wouldn't hate that signing. Obviously, you'd have to back him up because he is older and cornerbacks just get hurt in the NFL anyway. It's not uncommon to see teams cycle through five or six defensive backs in a year. The Bears actually got fairly lucky with defensive back health last year, which it says even more about what the talent was like because it was the starters that were that bad. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I, I think that you're definitely going to see them look to upgrade there. Uh, Indianapolis has a really good slot cornerback, uh, Kenny Moore, and he was actually an undrafted free agent that Eberflus developed. So this is clearly a position where he's had some recent success. So I think it's one where there is potentially some opportunity to buy low on some guys and maybe take some some shots on guys later in the draft or maybe that are lower on the free agency class. And then you've got this coaching staff that clearly has had some success there. Um, and you hope they're able to repeat that because, like you said, it's obviously a, a huge position of need. And right. There's got to be a lot of investment because if you're talking about starting three cornerbacks, that needs you prob- means you probably need at least six on your roster that are viable. I, well, I, I when uh, in the off season, you know, they can have up to ninety players. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I wouldn't doubt you see, you know, a dozen of uh, receiver and a dozen of uh, of corner. Uh, maybe that's all stretching it a little bit. I mean, but you're going to see a, a pile on both of those spots because they're. There are obvious positions of need. And, um, uh, well, this is a passing league. so Yeah, I mean, and I wouldn't be shocked if they go there with their second-round pick, or one of them at least. Uh, it's cornerback and receiver, which to me are still the biggest needs on this roster by far. Right. They're two of the most important positions in general, and they're probably the two positions that the Bears are the weakest. So good job by Ryan Pace there. But <laughs> it's obviously... Uh, huge point of emphasis. We haven't seen the Bears make any investment 
in, in that defensive backfield so far. They haven't signed anybody, I don't think. I don't think so. Nothing. Nobody that comes to mind, at least. So nobody overly significant. They might have signed some lower-level guys. And there are a lot of guys here that maybe you can still salvage. I mean, we have good old Kendall Vildor. We've got <laughs> Duke Shelley still. Like you said, Thomas Graham, I think. People were excited about him later in the year. Uh, Vildor would be a, a heck of a nickelback or, or playing in the dime, you know, if he's not having to start. Maybe. Um, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, last year he was having to cover some of the best receivers in the NFL. Yeah. No wonder he was getting his ass kicked, you know. So, I mean, remember when he got smoked by, was it, was it Graham? It was Graham that got smoked by DK Metcalf. Right? I thought that was Artie Burns, or maybe it was, no, it was Graham. Artie was Burns Gr- got smoked in the Lions game. Artie Burns just got smoked. Period. <laughs> How did that guy get a big deal? I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that you know if you can get something out of those guys, great. I mean, Graham specifically was a draft pick that I think actually a lot of people liked out of Oregon. I did uh, so, Washington State. Washington State. Yeah. So. You know, he I, fell. He fell in the draft because he didn't play twenty twenty. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay. So I mean, so yeah, like, so that means there are potentially some some salvageable pieces, but I think it's one where you're going to see at least a couple draft picks and then probably quite a few free agent signings as well. Okay, so um, we'll move on to the next one. Um, so offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, if you are, if you're keeping score, I guess that was the position that got the most benefit. Um, now, I know all of us are feeling pretty disappointed because uh, we wanted the, the kid from Bates from uh, Buffalo, and, and they matched, and so they're going to be able to keep him. But we certainly uh, seriously increased their cost on, on, on that player. Yeah, they must think highly of him because I think the Bears were going to give him a pretty good deal, and then because he was a restricted free agent, Buffalo was able to match the contract the Bears offered him, and they elected to do so, so he's yeah. going to stay there. Um, so, you know, but we bring in um, uh, Lucas Patrick. Uh, that um, that looks like a very solid signing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, then they brought in, um, what, D- Dakota Dixon? I'm not too excited yeah, about like that. Yeah, like some backup from I the think, Vikings. Yeah, I think he's just going to be a... You know, probably be a a, a warm body that they he have. might not even make the team. Yeah, exactly. Might, might not. Even he was make on the, the Vikings team. practice squad. But but the the thing is, is that we do still have two young players from last year uh, that we uh, that we drafted. I saw one Bears fan um, commenting on on Twitter. He's like, "How how did Larry Borum go from being a starter most of last year?" To suddenly being a bench guy, to now he's not even going to be on the team. <laughs> yeah, well, so a couple of things on the line. Um, Poles came out when he, I think maybe it was at his introductory press conference, and said that he likes smaller, faster offensive linemen. Right. Larry Borum's huge. Like, <laughs> his size is his biggest asset, um, but... I don't necessarily think he fits the prototypical offensive lineman that Ryan Poles is looking for. So that might be one reason why he's maybe fallen a bit out of favor. Uh, Yesterday when Poles talked, he certainly didn't sound very excited about either of the tackles from last year. He didn't necessarily say that he was looking to ship them out, but he certainly didn't commit to having them on the roster or certainly not 
for them to be starters, which I think is interesting. But I think that might be a big part of it is with Borum specifically, he's he's a bigger lineman that's not as fast. And, you know, he was a fifth-round pick, so it's not like he was a great prospect coming out of college, even though a lot of people did like that draft pick. The one I'm interested in is uh, Jenkins, though, because it's clear to me that Ryan Poles, when he's evaluating offensive linemen, is really, really attracted to players that play with an edge. Yes. You can obviously tell that's the kind of guy that uh, Patrick is. That's the kind of guy that Bates from Buffalo is. I guess Cody Whitehair is, you know, a solid enough guy to keep around. But Jenkins' whole thing is playing with an edge. So the fact that Poles isn't very committal about that, even though he does kind of have that nasty side that Poles clearly likes, maybe tells you that he really doesn't think he's that good of a prospect. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me reading between the lines a little bit too much there. But Tevin Jenkins, just from an attitude perspective, seems like exactly the kind of player that Ryan Poles would want. So it's a little surprising to me that it doesn't sound like it's it doesn't at least sound like he's very excited to have him on the roster. Well, I, I got to say, I, I, I will be surprised if um, Jenkins is not in one of the starting five. Uh, I think he's got to get a shot. Yeah, he he just, he the kid is huge. Yeah, he was, and, too, he was too good of a prospect. And like you said, um, he has this, he, he has a nasty, uh, he has a nasty streak when he's playing. Um, I think, uh, I think, that really reflected well when he uh, uh, that that um, ex- that the Vikings game yeah the Vikings game the got the penalty because I think it was was it Kendricks that yeah. hit Fields late yeah and I mean I just I think that uh, with Jenkins um, you're you're going to see him in some spot now one of the things that Flus was talking about with uh, in regard to the players is that. They asked him about Eddie Jackson, right? And we'll, we'll get to safety here in a minute. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because he was saying, I, I you know, I don't know right now where I'm going to play anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I told I told Eddie Jackson the same thing I told everybody else. This is a fresh slate. Yeah. I want to know what you can do, not what you have done. Yeah. And I think that's a great attitude. Right now, everybody is open and new, and so um, they're that's 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 job uh, job number one for Flus is to figure out what he's got and then work with Poles uh, and Ian Cunningham to fill in where they need to fill in. But I don't think anybody right now has a has a guaranteed spot. Um, other than maybe, uh, they, the, the only two that they pointed out really at this point is, uh, David Montgomery is not going to move anywhere. <laughs> uh, he's going to be the starting running back and, um, and, and Roquan is most likely, uh, going to be on the weak side, yep. right? Uh, they brought in, um, Nick, uh, Nick, what is his last name again? Morrow. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be. Most likely, he's going to be your your middle, um, and uh, they were they were commenting that um, the strong side guy is going to be 
um, one of the minor players because he's not going to be on the field. Well, that's that much. exactly going back to the Nickelback thing. Yeah. Is so, if you're playing a nickel, then you've only got two linebackers in the field. Exactly. So, so and and that was his point is that um, as far as as far as linebacker goes, we're kind of quote unquote set. So um, I think uh, I think what you'll see is back to the offensive line. Um, we've we've kind of got a starting a starting lineup going there. Uh, as far as a number of guys, but uh, the draft is definitely going to be um, another part of it. And like you said, that that second part of free agency, when players start getting cut, we'll probably see something there too. But I wouldn't doubt um, one of the top picks uh, is is an offensive lineman. Yeah, maybe. I, I think right now you've got two starters penciled in uh especially since they lost Bates yeah exactly so you'd have Patrick at center I think is the plan and then White Hair will play one of the guards I think Jenkins will get a shot at one of the tackle positions I could see them moving him back over to play right tackle because that's where a lot of teams had him projected as a prospect maybe Um, you move Borum inside maybe or maybe they try to just bridge that with another signing and they use Borum as kind of the swing tackle it's going to depend I think that they're probably not going to be happy with the offensive line year one just because I think you have to completely reshape it and I don't know that you can do that in an entire offseason there are some very good tackle prospects in the draft yeah and and I could see them going there for at, at left tackle or right tackle, wherever you don't see Jenkins, assuming they see Jenkins as a starter at one of the tackle positions. But I, I think right now you really only feel good about two guys at, at a specific position, right? So there, there's a lot of opportunity to see where potentially free agents or draft picks or even guys that are currently on the roster slot in. And I, I think Poles and uh, Ian Cunningham, the assistant GM, both are very well-versed in evaluating offensive linemen. They both played offensive line. So I, I think they have a very solid idea of where they want that position to go. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get there all in one year. I, I think they'll definitely spend some draft picks on the offensive line. I'm sure they'll sign some one-year veteran deals like not quite as extreme as Jason Peters but veteran guys that are going to be here for a year that are just you know needed to fill space right I I mean mean, you gotta you gotta fill out a team right I mean we we love to give kudos to Peters for what he did but I mean let's be realistic he wasn't supposed to be on an NFL roster last year he certainly wasn't supposed to be on the Bears Uh, and so they were so supposedly already had addressed the tackle positions, which they ignored for years. Why they didn't, you know, once again, we can digress and go, why didn't Leno stay on the team even after they drafted Jenkins just to make make him win the spot? But, uh, you know, uh, that's not what happened. So Is, it, is a Fetty for sure gone? I think, a, <laughs> no, a Fetty signed a four-year deal or a three three-year deal. And like, I mean, that's like not. But he's awful. Yeah, he's not good. But like that—that's the type of guys that are probably going to be seeing time on the Bears' offensive line this year. Now, Afedi actually was somewhat effective when we first brought him in at right guard. Yeah, I thought he was good at guard. So maybe that's uh, another 
you know, uh, they they bring in uh, Fetty at uh, at guard. Well, actually, though, now that I think about it, I, I going back to what I said about attitude. Fetty was the one that got in Jenkins' face when he got that penalty. <laughs> so I That's can't right. I can't imagine that reflected very well on him in the eyes of the new front you office. Know, so. Fetty was a total waste of space. <laughs> so the point being, though, like that's the type of guy that I think you'll probably be seeing a lot of on the offensive line because you only have two starters right now. Call it two and a half with Tevin Jenkins because I think he will get a shot, even though I don't know where. And so there, there's two more positions to fill anyways, plus offensive linemen are going to get injured. I, I think it's pretty rare that you see a full line play the entire season, especially when it's a lot of veteran journeyman guys like we're going to be seeing here. So I, I, I don't think that it's going to be anything that really gets anybody too fired up, but my hope is that they can at least bring in a guy or two that you can kind of see projecting out uh, being on the team for the next few years. Let's uh, reiterate, Ryan Poles drafted two starting linemen last year. Yeah, and one in the sixth round, too. You know, so, um, and um, what is his name, Creed? Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. And the he, he metriced out as maybe the best center in the NFL in his rookie year. As a second round pick, I think? Or was he in second? I think yeah. he was a second. Yeah, I think it was a second and a sixth. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless, uh, he drafted two guys that started the whole year and did well. You know, so uh, that bodes well for us, right? Well, and remember, that was in response to the Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl, and people remember right. what state the Chiefs offensive line was in during that game. So they also had to turn things around pretty quickly. Yeah. So in, I don't know that you can necessarily hope for that to happen again, but hopefully that'd be nice. I mean, even if it, even if it doesn't to that extreme, if you can get one, I'm, I'm pretty darn confident in, I have a lot of confidence in polls and Cunningham to address that position pretty well. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so I, I think we look at uh, defensive tackle. So one of the things you did mention about uh, Ogan Joby, uh, I, I was reading what polls had to say about that, and there is a window uh, or a door open for Ogan Joby to return. Um, apparently, what happened is they knew, of course, about his surgery on his ankle. So people stopped saying that he wasn't aware of it. Yes, they were aware of it. It's a huge story in the NFL playoffs. Right. <laughs> but, it, it, but the thing was, is that they expected his ankle to be at a certain stage now, and it wasn't at that stage. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was not at that stage far enough that he had to see, he had to pull Ogunjobi himself. He didn't pass this off. He did it himself. He went to Ogunjobi himself and told him, "I'm sorry, you're just not far enough along, and we just can't sign you." So now they also did leave the door open for him to come back if he wants at maybe a lesser number. So it's not an impossibility by any means that he doesn't come back and say, you know what, I still want to play for the Bears. I still want to play for Ryan Poles. I still want to play for Matt Eberflus and still come back, you know. Um, So that could still happen. But the way it is right now, I mean, um, we brought in uh, Justin Jones, um, and uh, he – 
He is, uh, I've read his numbers. He's got good, solid numbers. Uh, this is a big opportunity for him. Matt Eberflus is directly responsible for bringing this guy in. He was going to go play for the Colts. Eberflus literally called him up the night before he was going to leave Dandy and said, don't do that. You're making a mistake if you go there. Come play for the Bears. You're going to be a star here. And I think he has the opportunity to do that. It sounds good. I mean, that uh, says a lot about how Eberflus views him. I think it also says a lot about the way that uh, Jones views Eberflus. So, obviously, that's a relationship that seems to have a lot of mutual respect. So, that's good. Uh, He's coming into play three technique, which is one of the most important positions on uh, Tampa 2 defense, if not the most important. So it's a big job because the Bears didn't really have a three technique on their roster because that wasn't the defensive scheme they were playing. Uh, So you hope that he lives up to those expectations. I don't know a ton about him as a player, but everything I've read is is positive. So I think Goldman could have been in that spot too. Mm. But, uh, I mean, he's he's not as good of a fit as I think Jones is. But I think he could have stayed... I, I think they just looked at Goldman, though, and looked at what happened last year and were just like, yeah, we don't want to keep this guy. Yeah, I think that uh, major emphasis for the this The old Goldman. Yeah, Goldman in like 2017. Yes. I agree with that. Um, he, I mean, he had quite a bit of speed and agility uh, when we first got him. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, so, so what that opens is we still need, you know, another guy... Um, uh, next to him there that and it doesn't look like we probably have that guy on the roster yet not unless you like Kyrus Tonga <laughs> um. now now I did like that draft pick last year and he is a big space eater right yeah. so it will be interesting to see um what they how they evaluate him because I did I love that pick in the fifth round last year yeah that's a position to me that screams like undrafted free agent slash just guy yeah right because like it's it's not a position on the defense that's super critical I mean obviously every position is important but it's one that you can get by with maybe having a lesser player and one of the biggest parts of that position is to just be really big like when you're talking about the three technique that's your defensive tackle that you're hoping is able to get up the field and get after the quarterback the second defensive tackle in a 4-3 is meant to be more of that space eater. So I think you can probably find a guy that can do that. I mean, think back to the Lovey teams, all the different guys that they rotated in and out of there. Guys right. like Matt Towina or yeah. Alfonso Boone. Steven like, Paya. Yeah, Tank Johnson, right? So well, that's a bad example because he was a high draft pick. But yeah. anyway, it, it's a place where I think you can probably find uh viable player maybe more easily than others so i think that defensive tackle is probably one that won't be prioritized and they'll probably try to get by with like i said uh, a lower level slash undrafted player or you know maybe a couple of veterans that are you know on their last legs yeah and so uh you know that um and also uh of course your edge guys are gonna are, are gonna be a big part of this now um, that seems fairly set. It looks it looks like Quinn is going to stay with the team. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes sense uh, with the way his deal is done. Um, it makes sense for them to keep him. 
he had, you know, just a brilliant season last year. Uh, so, it, you know, it could be seen as, well, you know, sell high. Um, but I, I'm, I'm on board with either. I, I think that, you know, with the amount of players that they have to bring in, uh, and the fact that they don't um, have a lot of a, a lot of quality right there in hand, uh, that that's a good one to keep. And then um, what's the, the then they got the new guy Muhammad. from uh, uh, what is yeah it, it's uh, his last name Al Al Abin maybe yeah and he 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 played for Iberflus on the Colts and he just sounds like a really really strong meter in the locker room. I heard he's year. got decent numbers though last year too. And he's last a good two player. years, I think. Yeah, he's a good player, and I, I, I just. You, I mean, he's not top shelf, but no, he, he's a role player. But you can tell he just really buys into the Matt Eberflus scheme, and it sounds like he's a really good locker room presence. And like you said, is a good enough player. So obviously, pencil him in as a starter. And then they've also got uh, Travis Gibson, who. Played. Who played pretty darn well last yeah, year? Yeah, he, he had a lot of flashes. So they've really got three guys there, which you know, as we've established, you always need more than the two guys that are starting. So I, did this, Travis have seven sacks? Uh, sounds right. I and, think I think that was about right. And one of them was he just knocked the knocked Mike Glennon's head off. So <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. But I mean, he's definitely a guy that shows some potential and. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with Quinn. I think I think if they could get something for him, they probably would. I think the fact that they haven't traded him yet probably just says more about how other NFL teams perceive him. Because I don't really see a ton of value in him being on the roster this year. Obviously, he had a great season last year, but yeah. just with how the team projects, it doesn't make a ton of sense to have a 32-year-old pass rusher no matter how effective he is so right it might be a situation where they trade him closer to the draft or in training camp when someone around the maybe league maybe in gets hurt maybe at the trade deadline yeah i mean the risk there is obviously quinn himself could get hurt <laughs> or you know, could not be effective and then he's got no trade value but you have to hope that doesn't happen i think that if they could get uh third fourth round pick for him they probably would so I, I think the fact that they haven't done that yet probably it says just that there's not a ton of demand well and, and you know uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out they had to move on from mac you know i i, I am i did not want to lose a player of that caliber but the simple fact of the matter is that ryan pace gave him way too big of a deal um we gave away a ton of resources and he did it based solely on the fact that he thought he had a franchise quarterback, and he didn't. And that blew up. Yeah, it was an all-in move. It was. The- it was. It was a. It was push the pile in, yeah. right? And and he and, and, and he turned out to he turned out he was bluffing because he actually had nothing. <laughs> yeah, if the Bears had won the Super Bowl in 2018 or 2019, then nobody would have cared about. The, it would have looked brilliant. Nobody would have cared about the. The less effective years on the end of that deal, but the Bears didn't win the Super Bowl, as we know. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, we got we got the uh, uh, the Chargers to take on some money from this year and twenty three million from next year. Yeah, 
So um, it gets the contract off the books. Yeah, and uh, they actually got um, a pretty high. I think it's pick forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got a, a pretty high draft pick out of it too, considering um, we weren't going to get a lot more for them. You know, uh, it's just you know, there. I know that there's people out there that feel like they should that we should have got a, a first round pick. Um, you know, most of the rest of the NFL has pretty smart GMs who are looking at this and going. Yeah, the Bears really need to get rid of this guy. So they were probably waiting, and, and uh, he went to a, I think, a pretty darn good fit. Um, that that was um, that was actually something the Chargers needed to compete with uh, some of the other uh, teams in their division. So I I think I think we got a pretty fair deal. I think so. I was surprised they were able to get that much for him, to be <laughs> honest. So no complaints from me. Uh, yeah, I know we've already addressed it a little bit, but safety. Um, yeah. You know, the Bears have one currently, and I think it's a player that people aren't particularly excited about in Eddie Jackson. Uh, he's obviously making a ton of money and Huge. hasn't been particularly effective since his big year in 2018. Um, but it's a guy that I think they're committed to, and I think that. This has to be a situation where you're hoping that the coaching staff can get his career back to what it was. Because I feel a little hopeful on that. And I, I think when you watch Jackson, you still see ability there. Definitely. He still is good in coverage. There were times last year when he made some pretty nice plays when in terms of... recognizing how amazing he is in coverage, he's pretty good in coverage. Yeah, and... And when he, he and, and when he's actually committed uh, going up and making tackles, he he made some nice plays last year. But the problem with him, it seems, has at least been partially, like you said, focus and effort. Yeah, and that's not gonna fly with this regime. No, Eberflus's defense and his entire culture is predicated upon giving max effort. Yeah, and Jackson is a concern in that regard because. We just saw mental mistakes with him, you know, the classic not touching the guy that was on the ground and letting him run into the end zone for a touchdown. We've seen a ton of situations where he has a chance to put Make a shoulder a on a guy or, yeah. and just tries to arm it and the, the, the guy flies right by. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think Jackson is a player that if you can get him to buy in and you can maximize his ability, then he can still be a really productive member of the defense, but... We'll see. And then, obviously, the other safety position, they don't have anybody there right now. Right. And, I, and I'm looking for Jackson to rebound. I, I think that's going to happen. Um, I definitely think we're going to see a much better production out of him than than, the, we were, than we did last year, of course. That's not much of a measure. But no. um, I, you, as you were alluding to earlier, uh, this is a coach that got a lot out of Xavier Rhodes. And Xavier Rhodes was, as you said, he was toast on a stick. Yeah. So I do. I think you see a greater focus. Um, I think uh, this is an opportunity for um, for him to uh, show the NFL. You know what? Uh, I just I I got a big deal because I am a really talented safety. I'm one of the most talented safeties in the NFL, and I'm going to show it again. Because the thing is, is that he's not that far from doing his next deal. No, I mean, and he's still fast, so it's not like Xavier Rhodes. Uh, he's never been a great tackler, even going back to Alabama. Right. And I don't think you need him to be Troy Palomalu. No. You just can't let 
guys get right by you without even touching them when you're the last line of defense. Well, and the other thing is, is we, you know, I, I hounded on the Adrian Amos deal. Well, it, that to me is just all it's showing now at this point is that he has to have somebody next to him. And he has to have what Amos was, right? Amos was a solid, is a solid tackler, right? Yeah. He is that tackling guy. He is that look-in-the-box guy. He is that spy, right? And 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 that gives Jackson that freedom to be free-range, to uh, uh, be that ball hawk. Um, and, I, and I think that is his perfect fit. But they, uh, you know, they've tr- been trying to just plug random guys into the spot next to Jackson. Um, obviously, uh, it's a position that has to be addressed either uh, in free agency or in the draft. I, I would, I think uh, that's a probably pretty high up on the draft list. Probably. Um, I feel like we've said that like six times. <laughs> like, they've only got two second round picks. And I think we've said that, that they need to pick five different positions. They uh, do. You know, That's the challenge, right? That's exactly what we were talking about at the outset here is that there's just so much to do with this roster. But I, I think the point is a good one where last year they had two guys in the secondary, Johnson yeah. and Jackson, right? Yeah. So when you're out on an island like that, you're going to look worse, especially when you're a player, like you said, that's a ball hawk that's trying to take some chances and create turnovers. There's just not as many opportunities to do that when guys are running free in the secondary because somebody blew a coverage. Yeah. So the hope would be that maybe with this new coaching staff, the secondary gets stabilized a little bit. I think uh, strong safety is a position where you can probably find somebody that's maybe on the free agent market that isn't too expensive, but it can at least come in and be dependable. I mean, I, I didn't think Gibson was horrible. I think that you could probably do better. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what I'll look for them to do. Um, well, but, it's like I was saying last year. It's not that he was horrible. It's just that he is worn out. Yeah. I mean, the guy, he... he those really, really uh, physical positions like that, um, you know, when when you've gone and burned yourself out on another team for eight seasons and or ten seasons, and then you go pick them up, those guys they 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 might have the attitude, I still want to play, I can still be effective, but at, at that same part, your body's starting to break down yeah. just because there's such physical spots, right? So. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that they're going to have to get a young guy in that spot that they can develop. And that's where I think you're, you know, the draft comes in. What I, what I'm kind of hoping to see out of the draft is they use one of those seconds on a player and then they use the other one to trade down just because we need more picks. Right. But let's not forget, um, Polls right now, this is what I like about his attitude, is that he is looking for those prove-it guys, right? He's looking for those guys that have shown some ability, that have shown, that have some numbers, right, to back them up. And they're young, and they're hungry, and they're ready to be the guy. And I think that's what we've seen out of most of his acquisitions so far is, yeah, they're not the big splash guys, but they are guys who could be really great, you know, or 
but they, at at the bottom side, even just based on their numbers, they're going to be serviceable. Yeah, and you, you'll settle for serviceable almost. As, right. As shitty as that sounds, it kind of sounds like you're not setting your sights as high as you could. But, but they're not serviceable like Gibson was yeah. last year, who's serviceable after 10 seasons yeah. in the NFL, right? Like, the fact is you want guys with upside. Yeah. and So they're serviceable with upside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they re-signed my guy, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, <laughs> who's quickly becoming the new Sherrick McManus, because I think he's been here for like eight years. But I don't think he is going to be the starting safety but it seems like any time he's out there on the field he's around the ball so sure. i'm glad he's back and it's possible i mean it's possible for him to go win the job right i mean uh he certainly has always shown himself to be a solid player um he had last year was his best year uh as a defensive player rather than just special teams so i mean it and they chose him over bush right mm-hmm. i mean they they made it a priority to 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 retain him, and they went and did that right away. It wasn't like they waited around on him. So they obviously have a lot of faith in him, and I think that's also part of it, is that right now we're seeing polls show some faith in certain guys, right? And I think uh, I think that's one of them. I think uh, Mooney is one of them, too. I think that part of this is that the coaching staff and polls are showing Mooney we are, we do believe you're number one. We do believe you're an elite player in the NFL. And, you know, at this point, I've seen a lot of argument for that. And at this point, Mooney is only going into his third season in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he already has a thousand yard season under his belt. And he did it pretty much with no help whatsoever. So uh, when I looked at his numbers from last year, I think he measured out at about number 12, right? Yeah. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, when you're Ex- dealing with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and Andy Dalton and, right. Matt, and Matt Nagy. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, yeah. He So, and, you know, he was the only one who really glued uh, onto our new kid, right? Um, I, I, think, I think that Komet uh, definitely is also in that boat, right? I think that... Komet, you know, Komet caught 60 balls, right? That That's not ho-hum. Um, that, that, that's solid. You got, we got to see more out of him, right? Is but this year, this, this year three for him? Or? This is three for him. So, you know, there's that's the thing is is that you got two young pieces right there. And I think that Mooney, uh, especially with, the, with how his numbers came out as compared to the rest of the NFL... There is definitely potential there for him to step up his game to even another level. Yeah, I, I hope so. That seems to be what they're banking on. I think probably the last position we haven't talked about a ton is tight end. I know we just mentioned Komet. Right. But they need another guy there, too. They definitely need another guy there. And I think they need a veteran guy. Yeah, and not Jimmy Graham, but somebody that can actually keep their legs under him and run around. So, um, so Jesse... Uh, is his name Jesse Johnson? James. Is it Jesse James? Yeah. Okay, so so anyway, I, I noticed that he is still available. But he was more of like a blocking tight end. 
He had some catchability too, though. I thought I thought he had some decent catches. I mean, I wouldn't hate if he's back too. You need three tight ends at least, right? I think that they should definitely bring him back because I the way I remember it is that he is uh, not he's not super old. I think he's more around the twenty eight year range. Yeah, um, he did have some catches when they went to him. He had a few touchdowns, uh, and yeah, and you're right. He he does have. They brought him in more as the blocker kind of guy. But I think he does have some of that, uh, some of that, um, that catchability, and he could be that guy. Now, I still think that they do need to bring in someone else, um, yeah. uh, and, and it remains to be seen. I know you were big on Gasecki. Uh, I, I certainly didn't think that he was going to get franchised, but obviously, they think he's a, a value piece too. So, uh, there, I think there's still some guys out there in that uh, uh, kind of with re- the same as receiver, right? There's some talent guys out there. They're waiting to see how it's going to play out because they don't want to overpay. Yeah, and tight end's a spot where just because there's fewer spots for them on the field at one time, you can find a guy that's maybe third or fourth, or maybe not fourth, but second or third on somebody's depth chart that maybe can come in and get more of an opportunity than they had at certain places. So be on the lookout for that. I, I certainly think that Ryan Poles is going to emphasize that position during his time here just because he's coming from Kansas City where they've built their offense around a tight end and he's one of the best to ever do it but you need that guy here too I think Komet could certainly still be solid I think a lot of times it takes tight ends a couple of years it's a hard position to learn and he was drafted very young I think he was like 21 when he got drafted and I think guys like Kittle and Kelsey were a little bit older so I certainly haven't written him off but I haven't seen anything from him to suggest he's going to be a dynamic playmaker like those couple guys. And I think you need a second piece there, and I think they'll get it. He doesn't have the speed that like those super elite ones do. <laughs> or the hands. Or... Yeah. Now, and, uh, now, we could see improvement there, yeah. right? We certainly could see improvement there. We could see improvement as far as his route running. But that speed, he doesn't have that speed that like Kelsey or that like Kyle Pitts. They, he doesn't have that. No. So I, I think that there's a ceiling on him. I think he still could end up being a really good player, but you want to see something from him this year because year three, it's about time. And I think last position, and I don't have too much to say here, is quarterback. And the only thing that I wanted to highlight here is our national nightmare is over because Ryan Poles did say they're going to look to trade Nick Foles. <laughs> uh, my, my response to that is good luck. <laughs> I, I don't think there's much of a market and especially now that you've said that you're not going to keep him and yeah. you've signed a backup quarterback, but long live Nick Foles. <laughs> I think, I think, well, I think they'll get, you know, maybe a seventh round or yeah. a sixth round pick for him um, because somebody will say, uh, I still, he's still a quality backup to have on your team. Um, he's, you know, relatively, it's, he's still relatively young. Um, he can play as a backup. I mean, he's definitely shown that, but, um, and he was clearly in Nagy's doghouse. Yeah. So I think he got a little bit worse of a rap here than he maybe deserved. So when, when I say that it, it's mostly joking, I think he's still, a more than acceptable backup quarterback in the NFL, but oh, and don't get me wrong, he was still one of the worst acquisitions in the history ever. of the Bears, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, but it's not all him. No, and they signed Trevor Simeon, who also sucks. But yeah, 
apparently they see him as a better fit as a backup than Nick Foles, so more power to Chicago him. Chicago boy. Yeah, Northwestern grad. Yeah. Uh, replaced Peyton Manning for a brief time in Denver before I think he got back. I think I think he's a decent um uh you know, choice uh, to bring in at, at at backup. I mean, the the whole point anyway is that number one should take every single snap. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we're hoping to see. Yeah, if Trevor Simeon's in there, something went wrong. Yeah, uh, but Nick Foles, like you said, I mean, it, it might take some time because there's like starting quarterbacks that teams are looking to trade that haven't been able to find a new home, specifically Garoppolo and Baker. So those guys will move before Foles, I bet. But yeah. if you hold on to him, like you said, maybe you get a late draft pick or you cut him. Either way, it's going to save the Bears a little bit of salary cap space, if nothing else. So, Well, and you might be able to get, uh, because of the way we did his deal, you probably can get Foles on a better uh, on a better deal than Garoppolo or... or, or um, uh, Mayfield. May, May, uh, Mayfield, right. I mean, it would be impossible to give him... Nick Foles a worse contract than the one he's coming <laughs> off of. And just so everyone remembers, Ryan Pace didn't actually sign him to that contract. He just traded for him. So I, 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 I think, don't know if that's better. I think or worse. we finally stopped paying uh, Foles in like 2040. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, good for him. And, and he beat us in a playoff game. So he's he's been dead for like 10 years, and we're still paying him. <laughs> uh, well, good for him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, no, I mean. Uh, I, when I was uh, when I was talking about um, Fields, you know, it, and you mentioned Manning. Manning, his rookie season, uh, was the only quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL that took every single snap from his team. Peyton Manning, yeah, in his rookie year. I thought Russell Wilson did it. No, uh, maybe Russell Wilson did it. I mean, Wilson was after. It was just what I remember. But I get from, your point. Right? Yeah. But I mean, I thought that was pretty astounding, especially on a team that went one and yeah, he was bad one and sixteen or one and fifteen that year, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, and he was it, he he had a terrible year, but he was out there, right? And, and that's what that's what you and I really were so disgruntled about last season was that he, he didn't even get the opportunity from the get go, even in in camp, right? So this year is all about him, and. From what I've read from Poles and, and Eberflus is that he couldn't be more excited about it. Like, I, the way I understand it is they are absolutely feel like he's the bee's knees because he is working his ass off. So when I'm reading stuff like that, that's, that makes me uh, a, happy, a happy Bears fan simply from the fact that I, that's what I want to hear. You know, Trubisky... Was I, it remains to be seen how good of a starter he is. I personally feel like he's a, a really high quality backup. He's not a starter in the NFL, but um, but the one thing I always read about him was that he was a great teammate and he worked his ass off. And it, and and I loved reading about that because you know while there's lots of fans out there who really hate the guy, it's like there's no reason they hate the guy. I mean, he's just not. You know, maybe he's just not that good. But he wasn't an asshole. Yeah. You know, and he didn't draft himself. Exactly. Like. So you know, he he made the effort, and I think we're also seeing now that it certainly wasn't all Trubisky. Nagy is obviously a shitty coach when it comes to quarterback because he did nothing with any of the guys that he had were put in front of him. It just seems like Nagy was just a bad coach in terms of 
relationship management. Yes. Which sounds silly, but it's not, <laughs> right? Like Considering that's a big part of the job. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about a quarterback that didn't play a ton in college and it obviously didn't succeed in the NFL... Was it really the best fit to have a coach that wasn't even showing up to the meetings with them and yeah. was calling them out in front of everybody? I, I know it's the NFL and you got to be a big boy, but it, it doesn't do any good to just take shots at a guy and degrade his confidence either, which right. it sounds like at least some of what happened. So we'll, we'll never know how much of what happened here was truly Trubisky's fault versus Nagy's. I think we're going to get an idea of it this year because Trubisky, it, it sounds like, is going to be the starter in Pittsburgh, or yeah. is at least going to have an opportunity. And good for him. And if he goes there and does really well, then that will solidify the fact that Matt Nagy's never going to get another job in the I, NFL I'm again. Just, but. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I'm reflecting on it is I, I do believe that it wasn't all him. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And I think, to your point, Trubisky seems like a much more likable figure than Nagy. Oh, man, a hundred <laughs> times more. I mean, the way I understand it, the kid is very pleasant. Um, he's a very humble player and, uh, which I mean, that, that's saying a lot considering he's an NFL quarterback. I mean, th- those guys, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you know, Rogers might be the most accurate quarterback in NFL history, but he's an asshole, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses there. Well, I think that's, uh, that's it for us. Um, we, uh, are planning on, uh, doing this every Tuesday night. Uh, that's going to be our new schedule. Uh, so we hope to have, uh, this out, uh, every Wednesday morning for y'all. Uh, definitely, uh, give them stuff. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at bears underscore scat. Always love when people interact with the podcast and give us your reaction on the news of the day or just in general, how you're feeling about the bears. Tweet! Send us comments, questions, and we'll address them during the show um and obviously you can find us on spotify or apple podcasts or anywhere else that you get your podcast so thank you for listening uh we're excited to kind of get this show back on a more regular track like tom just said uh because i think the recordings have been a bit more sporadic but like we said we're looking to record every tuesday now so thanks again for listening and uh bear down see you guys next week